Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name's Dominic Mercurio and I'm here, as always, with Laura Weinbach. Hello. And Anton Patzner is our guest this evening. Hi. Of the band, Fox Hills Brigade, if it's your first time listening. First time guest. First time caller. Uh, and today, <clears throat> today, we are going to be uh, discussing the recent film, uh, Phantom Thread, which is written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson and stars Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, we'll be getting to that in the second half of our episode. But first, we're just going to talk about our weeks and uh, everything in between, really. What you been up to? Ooh, first time. Oh my first. God. Wow. <laughs> that really threw me off, actually. Didn't it? I, I'm almost used to, you know, just thinking, but I'm, I'm down. I'd give you a nice little curveball there. Oh my God. Wow. Well, the Oscar nominations recently came out. I thought maybe we could just very br- briefly discuss our very thoughts. Very brilliantly on that. talk about it. We could brilliantly talk about these brilliant Oscar nominations. Did you guys see the nominations? We did discuss them. Uh, the other yeah. Day. I, I actually read everyone. I read everyone to Laura. You read, you read everyone to Laura. What, yeah. In what context? You guys were like just sitting there. I was like, it, Laura, <laughs> Laura, do you want to know what got nominated for Oscars? And she's like, okay, fine. And then I, I read them, and every time I said something, she's like, oh my God, what? <laughs> well, it was like, we both know, like, like 90% of it is freaking three billboards. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm curious what you think. Uh, maybe li- let's just, predicts what we think will win best picture and i'll remind you what what the nominations are okay uh, just because i'm curious what you guys think will win uh so the nominations for best picture are the shape of water darkest hour dunkirk phantom thread three billboards get out the post call me by your name and ladybird yeah i think three billboards is gonna win because it's lame i haven't <laughs> seen three billboards but I'll just go with what you guys are saying. Well, then you know what? It's a totally tell me sweep. It's I also think Dream Awards will win because it's lame. No, because the the Academy Awards at this point in the game <laughs> are totally discred- like to me they have lost all credibility for mm-hmm. recognition of what is truly good, you know. Well, they nominated like, your favorite. They nominated it, but they didn't no- but I can't Call I am it's beyond me as to how Mother was nominated for nothing. Yeah, well, like that is just so obviously political and ridiculous and unfair that I just can't take the whole thing seriously at all. You know, I just think it's all bullshit. Yeah, well, and to me, one of the most uh, disturbing uh, snubs uh, was oh my god, uh, well, Killing of Sacred Deer is oh is, that too was yeah pretty frustrating. I mean, it's like what um, they're not going to the nominate other? these for anything. Oh, Florida Project, though, was oh, the biggest Florida one. Oh, and Florida Project, yeah. That I couldn't believe. Like, uh, the fact that Florida Project is up for nothing well, is Well, no, pretty... Willem Dafoe did get nominated for Best oh, Supporting yeah. Actor, but it's like... But that should he be didn't Best even, Picture. Like, really that should be anything. Best Directing. That should directing. win Best Picture. I, I think that should I, be nominated for Best Picture. I, sure. I think if it was nominated, it would win. It's, I can't... Yeah, it's wild to me, because actually mm-hmm. watching that movie, I'm like, oh, this kind of seems like an Oscar kind of movie, except it's actually kind, good, too. I don't know if I would actually it put it in that category. kind of reminded me of Moonlight. I don't bit. think the not the the Oscars are down with independent films, really. You what know? about Moonlight? Kind yeah. of, but that I guess that was sure. I guess actually, that was a bit of an about, anomaly. I, I actually think Moonlight Mo- Moonlight winning and Moonlight being nominated for so much, uh, I feel like is a bit of an anomaly. Um, 
but and it, I'm glad it did. Uh, but La La Land seemed to me to be the clear winner. Or, or I really thought it actually to me, La La Land was worthy of some recognition for sure. And you know, actually, I mean, and it, it, but it also is the kind of movie that, that would win a Best Picture kind of thing. Well, yeah, it was like. When's the last time a studio film even won? I don't know, Titanic. A studio. That was film. 1998. No, I don't know. They're all studio films. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're all presented Whatever. by no, not various studios, but by independent studios. To be honest, I haven't really followed the uh, the Academy because you're saying in a that no time. indie movies win. But last year won one. What one? Be- what one before that? The Artist. That was an indie one. The Artist. No, that was like ten uh, years. What, ago. Whatever. That, I mean, what? What I else can't remember. won? But the thing I is, don't that's know. The I'm point. just talking about this year because if I <laughs> just I have seen happen to be watching a lot of movies this year, so I'm mm-hmm. way more follow. I'm co- following this stuff a lot more closely than I had been in the last like ten years. And when I see a movie like Three Billboards getting nominated in every category, and a movie like Mother, which is at the very least, even if you hated the movie, it's undeniable that it was like a cinematic production feet you know like you can't deny how crazy it must have been to coordinate all of that and how how seamlessly they really did it you know and Mm -hmm. it's like you have to at least credit that and the fact that the academy awards is not recognizing that movie at all for anything even on a technical level is just it's astounding to me and it's it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. well and the same goes for florida project even though i've briefly already mentioned this too but it's like an emotional drama that centers around like uh, you know, s- social kind of, uh, you know, uh, it's it's talking about humans and how we interact with each other. And I feel like that is the kind of shit that the, that the Oscars always recognize. But I know. yeah, anyways, I do think Three Billboards will win. I think a couple other things have a shot, but, but uh, the reason- Call Me By Your Name will not win. That's for yeah, sure. no, I don't think it's going to win. But um, I am glad at least that it's getting some recognition yeah, good, and that yeah. it's nominated. Florida Project, though, to me, I can the reason why I think it didn't get nominated is because there really aren't any famous people in it, Willem except D- Willem yeah. Dafoe. But he like is in it for you know ten minutes, or I probably shouldn't say that. But. Yeah, but uh, Moonlight also didn't really have like no, famous I, actors, right? Well, no, it did have. Yeah, I guess you're right. No, it, it was didn't. it was mostly new fresh faces. So that's weird, but I feel like that was more of a kind of, you know token type of situation if you know what i'm saying <laughs> well it was florida like they were project, trying to be socially correct so it was florida project i mean there's no but florida project it's like they but already did the moonlight so is they already did that last year so it's like they film. don't need to do it this year you know mm-hmm. hey what about dark horse uh, what about a dark horse candidate second like the dark who's the dark horse for best picture i think there is a possibility that phantom thread Oh yeah, could pull through. Oh well, hmm. what about Get Out? Actually, Shape of Water would be my uh, Shape of Water would be my second choice. I don't see Get Out personally. I don't see that winning. Get Out's not winning. Like, There's no fucking way that's winning. Okay, and I honestly don't think it should win. I don't think it was that good. Oscar's I mean, so white. I think it'll be three billboards. If not three billboards, I think it'll be Shape of Water. I and then if water. not those two, it would be Phantom Thread. Those Wait, are like the else? three. Sorry, that have name the nomination the post, one more time. Uh, the, oh, post, yeah, the post, I think, is is pretty relevant to today's climate. Oh, so I haven't seen that, so I guess I can't Wait, also, really speak on that. Like but, politically, yeah. that one has some clout. Really? Right? Yeah, because oh, yeah. it really kind of well, yeah. ties oh, in sure. today's yeah. political climate. There are Wait. two I have not seen, which is Darkest Hour and The Post. The Post to me seems oh, like we one watched of those. Darkest Hour. Yeah, that was. Um, the it history wasn't as is bad really as I interesting. I thought it was going to be. That's another <laughs> one where that the, good either. Where it, it actually really applies right now, I think. Really? Uh-huh. I so, thought, uh huh. So, yeah. The last thing I'll say about the Oscars is uh, don't watch them. Well, I'm going to watch them. Don't watch them? I think just don't watch them. Just to, like, kind of, like, 
Just so like, I, got it. I, I think that they're, the opinions of the Oscars means so little. Now. So, well, it should, it, oh, it, it's never really meant much to me personally. And I think that if you feel the same way, what you should do is just not tune in and then just seek out the critics that you trust or the websites that you trust or whatever it is, your friends that you trust and then, you know, explore the movies that uh, you hear are good uh, from, you know, those you trust. Find some right. critics that you align yourself with or websites I, that you align yourself with or or, or movie studios. Like, for example, uh, I really think A24 these last few years has been finding great films. And I, th- I think that uh, more than ever, there's so many different ways to, to track what's coming out and and what is good you know uh, beyond the oscars that i really just wish that the oscars would become less relevant but it will never happen no i think they are becoming less relevant but i think it's still going to be a tradition that carries on because it's glamorous and fun and to watch. they like you know people and like to get awards i also just like i've never I'd like really... to get a, look I, if i got nominated i was like exactly. i'd be, be stoked to win Here's but it's like, like... <laughs> i don't think i ever look to the academy awards as well i guess in a certain kind of way i'll look back and go oh i should probably check out these movies that won but on the other hand during the years of watching academy awards I never thought like, oh, this is this means that this movie is really good. Like I've always watched all kinds of movies, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not they were Academy Award winners. But I also watch the Academy Awards because it's kind of a fun event Mm -hmm. where you get to check out people's outfits and it's glamorous and it's it's fun. But it's kind of boring. And boring now. at the same I time. I, I'd boring. say like don't watch them because it's boring. There's so many other things you could do. You could read a comic book. <laughs> and you, you look up the winners later. I don't cartoons. know. I like kind. I kind of uh, like watching just because it is fun to see everyone's outfits and stuff. Well, what about the Grammys? <laughs> that happened. Yeah, I've right. never too. watched the Grammys. Did you watch them this year? I've never watched. Oh, okay. I, I, thought, I, I thought you meant that you were going to say that that everything had changed until now. There was a no. time when I watched all of the awards. No, apparently, they just, had their worst viewing ever this year. Yeah, I also. I well, never the Grammys watched them is definitely the one that is to me the least legit in terms it's of very like irrelevant. Maker. What about it's the Tonys? Very irrelevant. The Tonys probably is like a little more legit. I've never watched them. Also, but like, I will say, Anton, I bet they're more legit. I think than long ago, probably on a podcast, I think we made a bet that perfume genius i said would not be up for any awards all right what do i owe you i don't know i don't remember but what do i owe you oh, you don't just know. a mental high Frickin five michael winger <laughs> set me up oh but shit, that I shit not only did it get, about the grammys <laughs> oh my god no like i i like to no. I, I have nothing against them i've just never watched them anton uh what's up with you what's what's up with what's up with your week i've uh, just been like reading x-men and um x-men comics and watching beavis and butthead and that's about it yeah what was the recent uh i haven't i haven't really watched much of beavis and butthead for a very long time oh yeah you know i've so just good. been watching some old old episodes you know mm-hmm. they they have the so they would have like 90s, music videos and stuff. bad 90s music videos so uh-huh. they okay. actually like what featured some, some cool music videos that i don't remember cool. being that popular on regular mtv you know avi buffalo was on beavis and butthead what so i was telling me about that mm-hmm. Which is awesome. That is cool. Yeah. I, I mean, gotta find that's they, so cool. They like watch his video for uh, his song "What's in It For." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he man, told me. I gotta watch he was telling me backstage episodes. of the show the other night. I didn't even realize it went that long. Oh, we could talk about that. Uh, we played with Avi Buffalo recently in LA. Yeah. Uh, Avi is He's so amazing. good live. I mean, I was so I actually never seen him live. Um, I had been listening to him for a long time, but it was so nice to actually see. Uh, like a live performance of his. You he's know? a little. He's a little genius. That he's, guy. 
He's an incredible guitar player, and his voice is just like, oh my god, it's just like he hits all these. He's got quite the range, you know. I was loving it. I was just like totally in a little bliss mode, really. He was very magnetic. We played at the Resident with him. If you were in LA, should have been there. Yeah. And if you were there, good job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, but I I loved Avisat. I thought he was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Really beautiful. Um, I loved all of his new songs and obviously it was so cool to see the old songs. He kind of like brought a new light to them in a way. He kind of like changed some of the arrangements and stuff. Obviously it's more stripped down because it was just him performing solo, but yeah. Yeah, really I love I, that. There was that one song that he played where it was like the melody, the guitar part was like m- mirroring the melody. It's called and, Summer Come. And like also harmonizing <laughs> with it. That was so good. Yeah, that's Holy a great. I, I meant to play you that song. I'll play it after uh, this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Anton. So you've been watching lots of. That's Thieves it. I mean, that's not. There's not that much to talk about. I mean, oh, okay. I could tell you about a part from Beavis and Butthead, but I, I. Oh yeah, let's go for All it. Right, so like Set Beavis, the stage. Beavis and Butthead, they get high. <laughs> they they want money, and they see like some infomercial that's like you could make money as a temp worker, mm-hmm. and so then they they work in an office. <laughs> And this is like before office space, so I think this is kind of a precursor to that. Oh, yeah. So, like, they're just like, Beavis is just like, goes over to the computer, and his job is to, like, type a report or something, and he's just like, just button mashing on the keyboard, and just just, just keeps typing gibberish on the keyboard, and then the, um, (laughs) then his manager comes over and he goes, hi, uh, so... We did this. This is great. This is really great work. <laughs> I'm just gonna need a few little changes. And he, he's like, he takes the um, printed out thing, which is just gibberish. He's crossed out every line and written in the words that it's supposed to be. Like, uh, just a few little changes. That's totally That's awesome. office space. Yeah. Oh, I love Beavis. Yeah. Or office space too. Just, just Mike Judd. It's Mike Judd, right? Mike, Mike Judd. Judge. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite episodes that I can remember of that show was like when <sighs> when when I think Beavis and Butthead are working at this they're working as receptionists mm-hmm. at this doctor's office or something like that and then somebody comes in and they go, "Hi, I have an appointment to see Dr. Kirshner or whatever his name is." He goes, "Uh, he's not here right now." <laughs> and they're like, "Well, where is he?" And they're like, "He's like getting his butt cleaned." <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. I was laughing so hard. And then like Beavis or but Beavis is You saw all, the movie, right? Yeah. Oh god. But then the Beavis great. goes and he's, he's like, I'm gonna go I'm like gonna go get something to eat at the vending machine. <laughs> I can't do it very good. He's like, I'm gonna go get something to eat at the vending machine. Uh-huh. <laughs> like <laughs> he goes to the vending machine. <laughs> oh no, maybe it was Butthead, but he goes there. And then he puts the dollar in, and then, like, the thing he's going to get gets stuck. Uh Oh, yeah. He goes there, and he goes, yes, I'm going to get some cookies. This is going to be awesome, or whatever. Uh Puts the dollar in, and it gets stuck, and he goes, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) What? (laughs) 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 So funny. Just that. He's he's good at just like just those little dumb, tiny dumb things. people being really hilarious right, in, right. In, in the observation of life. <laughs> what anyway, have you been up to, uh, Laura? Um, How's your life? Oh, why? Uh, so I mean, this kind of pertains to the movie that we just watched, but mm-hmm. uh, I recently watched um, a really great period piece drama uh-huh. starring Kira Knightley. <laughs> oh my god! Called The Duchess. I mean. It's not that it was really great. It's it's well, I I really enjoyed it because mm. 
the fashion in it is just so awesome. I love that era, which is like classic classical era, like 18th century England, mm-hmm. the age of opulence and like her outfits in that movie are so amazing. I mean, it's just so cool. I just love and, and yeah, just like the, the state, the art direction in that movie was really fun to watch. And mm-hmm. anyway, there's a lot that I could compare about that movie to the movie that we watched tonight. Probably. Sounds um, like it. In a way. You should watch The Duchess. The Duchess. Yeah, and Mel Gibson. Are you into this kind of stuff? No. <laughs> you should be. It's fun. It's though. actually, Anton you know, Lundgren. I'm not into it either, yes, but I are. like but I like it, you know. I mean, but you I watch w- it because Laura is watching it, and you're like, "I'll check this out." Yeah, you know what? Like, no, but it's enjoyable. I would never choose to watch it on my own, but yeah. it's cool because I actually like it. See, mm-hmm. there you know. Mm-hmm. Think I might give the Duchess a well, ten. <laughs> me too. It's, it's all about the directors. I mean, no, it well, is. You there know, are well, some terrible like period piece dramas. That, I mean, a lot of the better ones that I've seen though are well directed. You know, I mean, but I also can get into some bad ones too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely some yeah, you you're kind of stuff that I'll just, a I'll just sit back, relax, and, and, and you'll explore the spectrum. It I will. You, yeah, you don't have you're you're not so hard on it. I'm like, kind of okay with it right. not being. That Speaking good. of period piece dramas, like Wolf Hall, we watch what. <laughs> Should we talk about this movie? Is that what you're saying? Wait, is there anything else you want to ask me? Let me think. <laughs> what do you... Go, uh, go ahead and tell me what you want me to ask you, Laura. Well, just... I really like... We had fun last weekend in LA. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Laura, how was your uh, trip to LA? Oh, it was really fun. Oh, great. I liked it. Um, oh, yeah. I... Well, I... Um, I guess I could talk about this. I did this audition for this movie and mm-hmm. I had to learn like, which, Oh yeah. Yeah. You were there. I had, yeah, to, yeah. I had to learn to sing a song in Yiddish mm-hmm. <laughs> and I totally did it and it worked and it went well. Yeah. And I also was practicing a lot for, you know, just doing the dialogue of it. And I feel like it actually was passable. The director came to her house in the Hollywood Hills, her He's childhood like a home. He's six I mean. foot five karate master German He's metal. He's not a karate He's got master. a definite vibe to him. It was pretty exciting Yeah, he's like a actually. huge German dude. Metal German well, not well. Punisher, right. Punisher fan. He seem metal, but he's like right. actually not he like wore, that. He looks metal, but he's actually yeah. not. Oh, he's more art met him, Berlin okay, art. He's got yeah, a yeah. giant beard, and he's got he's long six hair. feet tall, long hair, he wears giant a black beard, trench coat. And he's got all a black, black all the time. trench coat with a Punisher giant Punisher T-shirt. Underneath. That was what he wore at the show, but he didn't wear that at the audition. I, I mean, he, he stood did. out. Everybody's like, "Who is that guy?" Well, yeah, but my brother. Anyway. He's got an aura. Well, and I asked him about the Punisher shirt the next day. Did he you? Said, I did. Oh, what did he say? <laughs> he may cut this out. No. I was like, oh, so yeah, that shirt you were wearing yesterday. He was like, yeah, Punisher. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you a fan? He's like, I am a fan. Yeah, I love comic books of all kinds. <laughs> nice. That's cool. I, I do too. X-Men. I've been I've been rocking those funny. X-Men comics. Right, yeah, yeah. And Punisher, oh man. Punisher, I like a lot, but like the, there's a new show, Punisher on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. That's it's what I hear. Completely awful. Oh, like, is Punisher. that the Ben Affleck one, or am I confusing? Wait, who's in that? I don't know. Some Not Ben Affleck. Never mind. I, I don't really. Someone, know who the guy that. from Walking Dead that died, the police guy that was hooking oh, up with okay. the dude's uh, wife yeah, from yeah, the yeah. first season. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like the the thing is, like Punisher is is supposed to be a, it, the, the the premise of Punisher is supposed to be a guy 
whose family got killed by the mob, and now he just wants to kill all mobsters. And he just has a lot of guns, and he kills mobsters. And that's it. But this movie tried to, like, make him, like, PTSD. And, like, oh like it, may, it tried to, like, make it deep. It, like, tried to be a deep... Like, I hate it tried, when stuff tries to be deep. Ugh. I know. I mean, honestly, Punisher <laughs> is supposed to be a guy a killing, shooting mobsters right, with right. big guns. That's all it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Well, Netflix, and if it's they that, gotta have it's that, great. You know. God, depth is so dumb. <laughs> Speaking of depth, <laughs> should we talk about this? I suppose uh, we can. This film, uh, Phantom Thread. Again, it's a 2017 film written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, starring Daniel Day Lewis in his final role. I might add. Um, did you guys know his about that? Fifth final yeah, well, role. No, he said oh, that. He said yeah, that he says that every movie. Oh, he does. Does he though? Really? No. I haven't yeah. heard him say that. But before. what did he say that before about? Like all of his last five movies. Like really? There will be bread. I keep bread. There will be bread. <laughs> He's always saying that. I swear. I don't remember I've remembering I've never heard saying of such that. a thing. I'm going to look this up. But anyways, right. uh, this, well, he says, is his final uh, performance. Uh, anyways, mm. um, Phantom Thread's up for a bunch of Oscars, Best Picture, Best Actor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Anton, let's start with you. What did you think about this movie? Oh, and if you haven't listened to this podcast, we won't spoil the movie at first. We'll just talk about how we feel about the film. And then later on, we'll be getting into spoilers, but we'll make it very clear. So what do you think? Yeah, so uh, there was a lot of things I liked about this movie. I thought that the performances were excellent. I I thought the music was excellent. Cool. Oh, yeah, music I should mention by Johnny Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood, that was a standout thing about this movie. And and actually, a lot of the music that I liked the most was not his, but but I liked his music, too. But orchestral performances, is that what you're talking about? Just like in I liked a lot of the licensed mu- music as well, but I just liked the music and I liked the 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 look of it and stuff. But it was boring. It was a boring movie. Hmm. I thought. Hmm. I thought it was boring. Ooh, busted. Hmm. Hmm. So you would five. not. Go, oh, five. Five. Woo. Yeah. Maybe Holy six. Five oh my six. god! Call five, the five point five. Call oh the god. call the doctor to come over and help with your flu. Call the fashion police. Um. <laughs> what about you, Laura? Or did you have more to say? That's it. Okay. What did you think, Laura? Um, so I uh, also thought the performances were very good. I thought that it was a well-made film. And I did like the music, although I did think that there were moments where it became a little excessive. I mean, it, it, with to no fault of the actual compositions or, you it's know. It's going on itself. a lot, I would say. But yeah, there was a little too much music in the movie overall. Not that, I'm to not make, saying it's a bad thing, but it what, there was a lot of music in the movie. I think it just made it, made it feel like a little overly dram- melodramatic, but... Um, mm-hmm. I have to say, I didn't love this movie. I, I, you know, I didn't dislike it, but I thought it was a little pretentious and... Uh, I didn't think it was boring. I thought it was um, just a little bit ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, my God. But I did. I enjoyed it, though, at the same time. I would have I mean? thought that you would have loved this movie if I had to predict. I liked it enough, but I didn't love it. No, and so I, I, would, I liked the movie The Duchess that I watched the other night more. And also yeah. because, like, the fashion in this movie, I have to admit, I didn't, I wasn't in love with either. Like, the very first dress they featured, you know, like opening scene i think or mm-hmm. i, I just thought oh i'm not i'm not feeling oh that. it was like that snow white dress it was like this weird oh the big untru- one the big one the, like, kind where of and she was wearing kind the, of like the purple thing 
Yeah. Well, I just yeah, didn't like that look. That was not a good dress. I didn't. That he was wasn't for me. Like as a designer, thing. he would not be the first designer I would personally choose to design my wedding dress or my uh, okay. Special dress. Well, but beyond that, but I think a big part of it is like wanting to feast your eyes on really cool visual. Oh my god, I'm so surprised that you're saying this. I there thought were you some were eating no. up the visuals. I could only I, imagine. I liked how it looked like it was shot on film. It definitely thing. was. Yeah. Um. Which, he which shoots cool. all of his films on. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is a big. Uh, oh, proponent of, uh-huh. of keeping film alive and well i thought that it was cool i did think that there were some visually like captivating moments but just after watching the duchess two nights ago like that is a feast for the eyes like by all means yeah it's you kind of I mean? unfair like, to this phantom it's thread unfair that we to just phantom watched thread. the duchess i mean the duchess is like well, if you think that Marie Antoinette so you didn't, is a feast for the you eyes. weren't visually into this movie that much. I didn't dislike it's it, right. but it wasn't as stunning as I expected it to uh-huh. be. I guess so I just had really high expectations. The, the visuals were, uh, disappointed you a bit. Uh, the music the, was overbearing. What? What uh, other? What were the? What were the other negatives? Just the character. Great, the characters were a little bit. I felt like like the the act. It the wanted story to be. Itself was it too wanted dramatic. to be really deep, but I also felt like. There were some things about it that did have depth that were actually kind of meaningful, but at the same time, I felt like it was a little bit ridiculous and a little bit pretentious and kind of... I gotta say... Oh, I, pretentious. I There's that word again. I, I couldn't s- totally connect with it. You know what I mean? I was like, this is so ridiculous. It, like, there were moments where I felt myself going, this is ridiculous. The it, situations? It's like, yeah. also like... I know... There's enough, I have enough neurotic people in my life. Like... Uh, that I don't need to watch more of that. Really, it's like boring to me, and like really? I, I yeah, I don't need to see more of that. Well, like, I, I don't mind. I, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> oh, I don't know. maybe I we should have mentioned even what this movie was about. Sorry, right? yeah. No, and also just to knows what it's about. I don't like, even really fully know. Oh my god, I, 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 I got just, some thoughts. Just to like you know, just to balance out what Anton's saying. I have nothing against movies that are about neurosis or about neurotic people or anything i love woody allen but just this movie for whatever reason didn't for me like totally hit me on a very emotionally deep level like i did feel like it was a little bit shallow and at the same time that's so i'm i'm actually really shocked but but at the same time there were some things that it hit on that shallow Maybe not shallow, but well, kind of, yeah. I think so. Oh my god, I'm so excited to talk about this, you guys. But I also yeah, I thought it was a fan cool. Of this movie. I also thought it was cool in a lot of like, like there were moments where I was like, that was great, you know, and that was a true connection. Oh my god, I mean, this is just blowing my mind a little bit. Let me just it didn't briefly blow me read away. the. What did you uh, think? So, well, hold on, <laughs> I'm gonna read. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the synopsis uh, for those who uh, don't know what this movie's about. Uh, set in set in 1950s London, Reynolds Woodcock is a renowned dressmaker who's fastid fast. Fastidiousness? Fastidious life is disrupted by a young, strong-willed woman, Alma. And that's all I'll say. I won't read the rest of it because I think it's a little... But, yeah. uh, 1950s London, et cetera, et cetera. Um, What did I think of this movie? Yeah. (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was really excellent. Oh, cool. I really... I thought... uh, The things that you were saying that you didn't like um, were some of the standout things. I mean, number one... I thought this movie was one of the most gorgeous films I've seen all year. I mean, visually, it was absolutely stunning. I mean, it was like, and this isn't even the style that I usually go for, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not that into 1950s London era kind of things. But I love that. 
I'm saying, I know, that's why I'm shocked that you didn't like this, because I, this won me over, and I'm not even into this uh, style. Like, I'm not into kind of this, like, upper-class lifestyle kind of... Well, I mean, I could get into that at, end of things, but there w- there's just... Like dressmaking isn't necessarily something that I'm like that. Then I love in. that. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> interested in dressmaking whatsoever. Yeah, um, it's, but it's this cool. got me. I was just like, oh my god, this is just. I, I loved the the perfection that he has and and his neurosis. Actually, it was was when things started to get really interesting for me. Is when that became more clear was going to be a central focus of the film. I will say. Uh, to say the one maybe negative thing that I have to say about the whole movie is I thought that the beginning was a, a bit boring for me until a certain thing happened that I'll mention later, which started to pull me into things. Or it's not even really, but it's not a spoiler. It's I don't think it's a spoiler, but uh, just when you start to learn that he is a very neurotic person, um, I was more interested when that started to reveal itself. And when I realized that that was going to be a, like a crux of the story, what I would just want to respond yeah. and say, um, for one thing, I think it was pretty evident that he was going to be a neurotic person from the beginning. Well, but I guess what I mean is how he treats other people with his neurosis. To me, that was evident from the beginning. Like, really? there was no surprises in terms of the way that he treated others. Like, I, I think that that was established from the very beginning. But I will say, I just, I want to, for the record, say that I didn't dislike this movie. I did like it a lot. Like, I... I would totally watch this movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and get back and mm-hmm. sit back and enjoy it. But I think I just had really, really high expectations for it. And I've watched a lot of movies I. in this genre. Like, mm-hmm. I watch I a lot so of movies that, is... that are beautiful and, you know, <laughs> have beautiful costumes and yes, I watch take a lot place of in Europe and our period piece dramas. And yeah. so for me, the bar is a little higher. And so I guess I just didn't, it didn't fully exceed my expectations. And but what then, I, I want to say, Dominic, maybe you do like dressmaking yeah, and you and do you like costume maybe. drama. Maybe and I you do. you just haven't seen all the best stuff yeah, yet. Maybe right. you're right. And I think so that you would love. when you're getting a taste of it, you're like, ooh, exactly. maybe this is going to draw you into that. Because maybe you're right, but to me... It's all about visuals. Well, to me, it was the direction that I loved, though. I mean, the, to me, it wasn't the setting that really pulled me in. Yeah. It was the direction and it was the choices that he was making. The way that the scenes were going about showing you whatever it was yeah. that they were showing you. There's so many little things that I just can't wait to talk about with you. I like, mean, these and specific I'm there. details of like, yeah. oh my God, what a beautiful way to show this sequence like what a beautiful choice to make you know it wasn't yeah. actually the things that were ha- well actually i did like the story quite a bit yeah. but it was the way that it was i mean the direction was impeccable i thought it was beautifully I, directed and i think maybe i'm just i'm harping on the stuff that was like annoying to me about it more than i'm recognizing how great some of the directing really was and i uh, agree like amazing. there were some really amazing moments where it was like unexpected in subtle ways and the direction really was like impeccable. The I depth agree. of the characters was v- was very strong. I mean, it was like really, really yeah. good performances. Like so yeah. many micro expressions oh, and just man, like yeah. so many choices in their acting. Well, both Daniel Day Lewis and the woman were really well, and his assistant and his and his and like oh my god, the, the assistant was so good. Was amazing. Yeah, that, this is which I think is acting. a testament to good direction. I think yeah. good, obviously actors, dire- obviously actors, obviously have a large part to play in the acting, but I think direction uh, and 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 acting go hand in hand. And to yeah. me, the choices that he was making from us from like a cinematography perspective and the the performances themselves just made me think, man, Paul Thomas Anderson, what a fucking genius director. I mean, well, 
I'll say that this is a an incredible execution of a boring story. But I, I honestly didn't think this movie was boring. I just thought it was oh, were, like at, there were moments. There were moments in it where I was like, oh, that's where this was all leading up to. Or, you know what I mean? Where that it kind of almost overrode some of the, the initial oh my moments God, of thought, brilliance that I felt I was experiencing. Because oh like, God, what? well, we'll talk about. <laughs> I think that we'll I'm get really, to this when it gets yeah, to spoilers. Because this I is was, the kind of movie that actually does have some major spoilers right, and let's get and into lots. It. Of, and I think that the I think that the crux of the film is in its story and uh, what unfolds. So I would recommend that you like watch this movie. Um, and if you have seen the movie, I think we probably should talk about spoilers. I think you get an idea of what we think of this movie. I loved this movie. Um, I didn't think it was perfect, but I thought that there was very little that I didn't like. And I thought that it started a bit slow, but it really picked up after a certain point. And then I was kind of pretty much just hooked from there on out. Uh, And it was just a feast for the eyes. And visually and orally, I also really loved uh, the music. Anyways, should we talk spoilers? Yeah. Uh, So if you haven't seen this movie, now would be the time to tune out. Um, Yeah. I mean, to me... The story uh, unfolded in some very interesting ways, and I loved where it ended up. And I loved it. I thought the ending was very impactful and thoughtful, and I thought that it left me thinking about, um, you know, neurosis and kind of like the only way. I loved. I loved how it ended with, you know, this guy's super neurotic and he's just like a fucking nightmare to be with but the only way that he can kind of like call or that the only way that their like relationship works is through this sort of like Sir, you know this this pampering that can only be kind servitude. of servitude yeah like he the, he can only allow himself to calm the fuck down if he literally needs it for him to like survive basically you know and so it's almost like she's putting him in a state that willingly so by the end of the film in poisoning him with these poisonous mushrooms that like is forcing him to be uh, taken care of uh, and allowing her to be the like dominant role because he just like so clearly can't give it up in in so many other aspects. I thought that was actually like a beautiful and really interesting way to think about neurosis, you know? It's kind of some S&M in a way. Kind and she's of. like, I'm gonna make it with lots of butter. Hell yeah, I loved, I loved it. I loved that twist that, like, you think that she's poisoning him for real. You know, like maybe it's gonna be a. I thought, I don't know if you guys thought this. But I did not like see that coming. It was gonna coming. be a death. Like, this I is thought the death that one. she was like, gonna she was him. upping the dose, and it was gonna be like him dying. I think she was that she him. did up the dose, but and well, that he only took one bite. No, but he knew, he knew, the whole thing was that he, he knew. knew, like, it was a whole willing participant kind of thing that they made, like, it must have just been that they had, the, that they had a conversation that we didn't see on screen about, like, no, it, what do you mean? I don't think they had a conversation about it. Oh, I definitely, th- what, what do you, how, but they I both think, knew already. I, no, we I, obviously, as the audience, were not privy to the fact that they both knew that this poisoning was going to be happening. Oh, really? I don't think that it, that was obvious. What do you mean? I don't think it was obvious that he knew that she was poisoning him. But he's like... I think he suspected it, but I don't think they had a conversation about it. No, but in that scene, she's like... God, I can't remember the exact lines, but he says, I want you on your back, helpless, open, and, you know, willing to... Right, and he's like, kiss me before I... Kiss me before I'm sick. That was the moment that made me 
cringe. Really? When he's like, kiss me before I'm sick. Well, I wasn't in love that with... That was like, oh, that's what this was all leading up to? That just made me feel... What do you mean? I don't know. I just felt like that was really cheesy and pretentious. I don't but know But the idea is cheesy and pretentious that this guy is like choosing to allow himself to be poisoned in order to like succumb to like to simmer the fuck down i don't think that his character i honestly just i felt like the way his character was developed in the movie up to that point would not have gone for that but maybe i just wasn't reading so what it is is that basically like she feeds him poison mushrooms and then in the end in the end you find out that it's (laughs) willingly like she's uh, that he's he's actually willingly taking it. Has he been willingly taking it all along? No, no, no. no. Way. So, not, oh my god! I mean, what's like, what's going on? It well, the first the first time that she does it, it's it is a secret to him. But they must have <laughs> talked about this off screen. No, no, no. I'm saying in between the two poisonings. Why do you think they see. must have talked about it? Well, I'll get to that. So the first time that she poisons him, she takes care of him, she pampers him, and then and he, he gets comes to, see to his mother. He comes to her, and she's and he says, "I love you" for the first time. You know, and that's and then proposes to her. It's it's like through that he realized, uh, I mean, as fucked up as it is, that he needs her, and uh, and I think it was a manipulative way for her to do that, and it was like all that's why she didn't say yes right away. Right, well, because but she saw in him. I mean, she liked taking care of him. She wanted that role all along, and and him coming to her and saying i love you like through this fever he realized that he does need her in these certain ways and that he maybe maybe he actually was attracted to the fact that she she was was like taking care of him for once you know and then i think there must have been a conversation off screen that they had discussed this like obviously he knew when she was making that omelet that she's putting those poisonous mushrooms in again because he wanted that experience again it was almost like it, it was like their form of sex in a way their form huh. of deepest love and connection was he has to be sick for him to like fucking let it go let his shit go because he's so strung up and like but i don't think by the end of the movie he's becoming really mean to her again and like right you know very cruel again much like he was just before the first poisoning right. And then that first poisoning, like, made him realize that he loved her. And then she must have been... Don't you think that it wouldn't have worked if they had had the conversation? Like, I think part of the reason it worked was because there was this mystique surrounding it where it was like, he was a non-willing participant consciously. Like, I think that... The first time? Well, yes, the first time. But also, like, if you look at the dynamic of it, it's like, he's sick Mm-hmm. unwillingly and not in control and therefore succumbs to her to be his savior. Right. So for him to consciously agree to that would override that real that idea, that fantasy. So I think that they didn't have a conversation in between scenes, but that he suspects it, but he doesn't want to disturb that fantasy by actually bringing it into full consciousness. Mm-hmm. Well, they I do think that he it, sees like, I think that in that last scene we mm-hmm. see him, watching her make the omelet and suspecting it. Mm-hmm. And there is definitely an unspoken dialogue going mm-hmm. on, but mm-hmm. not one I think they actually had. Mm-hmm. Voice you could be voice. right too. But the, the point is the same, which is that by the end of him eating that omelet, they both know what's about to happen. Uh-huh. And he is a willing participant. By like, Remember, he's sitting there and, and he's like, he's kind of loving it this time. Yeah, like, but I think that there was something really fake about the way he was talking to her in the bathroom on that last scene when he was like, now leave the room because I need to... He's clearly still the one in control. He's. It's like you're almost questioning, is he into this or is he like disgusted by it? 
No, he wa- I felt like he totally wanted he it. It's how they rebonded. It. It's how they like could. It seems to be the only way the they room. can like reclaim their love for each other. Again. But then he told her to leave the bathroom. Like it was because he wanted to, to puke me without oh, he her seeing. Yeah. But 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 he didn't ever tell her. She never left the room the first time. Like I thought no, he that did. She did. Remember, she's at the, the door woman, and she knocks and stuff. Well, when she, he's puking. No, no, no. But she after she enters the room, she never leaves after that. So what are the implications of a relationship like this? Like, I mean, like this exactly. guy, I mean, basically, he's up. like a completely complete dick to her. Yeah. And then until she poisons him. I and mean, then, it's fucked. And then he's like all like, then he's all and giving he's her lovey-dovey love- eyes. Exactly. Temporarily. That's what seems yeah. cheesy to me because it, it's all based on this like I don't fake... buy it. I don't buy it. Well, I, I will agree. say, actually, I will say I did it not like it. Well, they are pretending, essentially. She's pretending to take care of him. He's pretending to like. No, but she really truly was taking care of him in in those moments. No, but she poisoned him though. She did poison him, but she, but I I was so glad that he didn't actually die because I thought that's maybe where they were going with it because I thought that would have actually been far more like over the top and cheesy. And the fact that I, I I think initially she was like, I want to poison him because fuck this dude. He's a piece of shit. Like he needs to get his due. But by seeing him sick, she like it like maybe awakened something in her. Like actually, I can kind of get down with. I like, guess there's something care. deep about that. And, and I actually I understand that. that. I, I think it was an accidental way that they got to it, but that they both found something in that that they actually truly loved about that dynamic uh-huh. with them because it role it was role reversal and. She could do something that was very sensitive for him that she couldn't do in any other context. She tried to make that dinner. She tried to like reclaim. She tried to make this sensitive thing between them. And no matter how much she tried, he was just a fucking dick to her. And that dinner scene, phenomenal. That was my favorite. scene I in thought the movie. that was great. That scene was really touching. And, and her and acting in that was really incredible. good. Incredible. I mean, I love like, the way she just. Everything, the way she delivered so her real. performance was so honest and so real. And. Uh, that's the scene they should show. That was had magic. <laughs> that had some magic. It was beautiful. And, I agree. And I loved the setup. And I, I loved yeah. that she was trying to like show her love in the way that she only knew. But it's just like he's such a just stuck up kind of brat, really. It that, just seemed like his character, though. Like, I overall. hate him. I mean, yeah, he is kind of a total piece it's un- of shit. But it's also but, unbelievable to me, that character. Like, I well, just feel it's like not, it's, no. I mean, it's like Steve know. Jobs. It's like this whole... I actually didn't like the fact that it was, again, playing on this whole thing of, like, that when you're a genius, you also got to be an asshole. Because right. I, I find that a really annoying trope yes. with, like, you don't need to be... I read the Steve Jobs book, and he doesn't come off to me as it's an hardcore, asshole. Really? No. I thought I thought that's his whole he, thing. He has he to fire people, asshole. but you, you have to do that if you're, if you're going to build a good company. Yeah, but, but the mean, way like, that people treated him was—it just seemed so ridiculous. Like in I this just movie, can't, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I personally have never come across any any situation like that where people mean? are catering to that kind of behavior. Well, I think without it, any, like, I think it had return. serious. I I thought it had serious ties to like a Steve Jobs kind of character of like this. I mean, I'm sure it exists. This, uh, you know, people, well, just artists in general who people madly respect. It's almost like that they get a pass to be a piece of shit, you know? Because people are like, well, he makes great things and I love his work. And I guess it's fine because he makes beautiful things, you know? It's like Tarantino seems like kind of a D bag to me, too. But look, it's like, I love his work. <laughs> I would work for Tarantino in a heartbeat, even if he was a total dick to me on set. 
to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Because know. I'd be like, well, it's... The w-. Granted, I think it's pretty fucking terrible to assume that, you know, in order t- to be good, you also need to be... Like Stanley Kubrick, for example. Another great filmmaker who was a serious nightmare, a disturbing nightmare to his actors yeah. that I think is a really awful thing about him. Yeah. But... It's who he was, and and people still really wanted to work with him no matter what because of the great work he produced, you know? Uh-huh. I'm sure his I sets guess. ran a lot like this dude in Daniel Day-Lewis's character or whatever in this room. Although, the, one of the Maybe things that was cool about him, I liked how soft-spoken he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I he actually liked very, his character. Very, very, very polite. <laughs> very well, when he, then sometimes he's a complete fucking asshole. Well, there was like some and, subtlety in his acting for sure i mm-hmm. mean he's a very good actor yeah one definitely. of the best you can't he killed it like i mean that's, that's not the thing that kept me in the theater you know that's the thing that kept me from turning it off it was his performances and her i thought her she performance. was great too the performances were great everything was great except for just to me just it's just i don't really care about the story i don't it's it, mm. at the end of the day it's like I did. It's kind of a silly love story. Uh, and that's it. Like, But, I mean, a good, a, a well-told story is a well-told story. And if it's a if it's a love story, you know, like, why can't that be a... I thought it was a very... Well, I guess you just felt that the love between... It's got to be a good story, too. Maybe like, you just felt like it wasn't like a deep like, love story. It's like, not they a didn't, deep... They didn't have, like, like, a very, like, grounded connection like it was, or something. I felt like it was... It was trying to be deep. It was right. like trying to act like it was deep, but it wasn't. What I did you kind think of, of the, I at the end of the that. day is a kinky S and M thing. Some, exactly. Like, like I think that you, that's kind of how I felt about it too. But that was a layer that I was not expecting. The whole poison thing was a layer that I was not expecting, and I was very much into it when it's when it like when it unfolded in the, a different way than I expected because I thought initially it was going to be that maybe he died or like whatever. But the yeah. fact that the poison actually becomes something that they. Bond they bond was actually very interesting to me and then i was like oh my god this is like this is some, this is well, cool like, you know the fact that you got so much out of it makes me give it more credit you know because for me it just seems like okay so this guy is down to be poisoned and she's gonna poison him and that's the basis of their relationship mm-hmm. because apart from that he treats he continues to treat her awful. like apart from that he'll continue to treat her like shit and the reality of him and her is that she is you know basically a they're too different you a, know? Uh, she's 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 succumbing to this basically you know terrible disrespectful person who in the reality of things doesn't really care about her doesn't mm-hmm. like her mm-hmm. and the only basis that they're able to connect on is one th- that through a lie Mm-hmm. So that's kind of I think why me and Anton are like this is bullshit. You know, it doesn't. It's not. It's not there's total no total bullshit. It's just. It's just. Not, it seems it, like it's not, not deep. Worth my time is how I feel about it. I do agree that like ultimately I don't truly understand why she's so in love with him. Really, at the end of the day, because he is such a kind of like a, a, a mean person. But well, obviously, the clothing has to do with all this shit. Like, obviously, the fact that he's a dressmaker has something to do with everything that we're talking about. Like, we haven't even addressed the mm-hmm. fashion element of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that he makes dresses, makes these things for women that mm-hmm. basically he is a person who has the power to make a woman feel beautiful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to feel mm-hmm. like she's valuable in some way. Right, right, right. To take her out of maybe this. I, 
to put the woman into the fantasy of being something that maybe for the rest of their lives they never feel that they are like that one woman you know the rich woman who's like i know you're trying your best but i'm still ugly and she yeah, yeah. really can't believe that she's beautiful and then with the princess who she talks about well, what do you want in a dress and she says i want to feel like it's the most beautiful dress in the world and then he says, and beyond that, like, it's the only dress in the world. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, like, it's the only dress that's ever been made. The only wedding dress that's ever. And these are just, like, these fantasies that could never possibly be real. But to feel like that is the thing that, I guess, the female entity in this movie next strives time, for. Next time someone wants, a, a like, a score for their commercial, I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, like, maybe we should make it, like, as if there was, is the only commercial that ever had music <laughs> but i think that, that, that that's that, a beautiful the, the point woman's character is paralleling that idea is like she wants to feel like she's the only one in the world that can help him that can save him that can be there for him and that was cool i liked that uh i what? totally that part i think that's a really fascinating perspective that i wasn't really picking up on so much but well, there now has that you to say be it, some reason for him being a dressmaker uh, it totally know? makes sense i mean yeah he has this like he he has a sensitivity to women obviously and he, right. and he cares enough about them to want to make them look their best and it's like his passion actually is well like, i think it's like there's a power element involved with that yeah, you know it's true. like he obviously has a passion for fashion <laughs> and for aesthetic mm -hmm. but with that i guess as secondarily comes the ability to Recon have this power over women well and recognize beauty even when the right, person beauty. When the person doesn't even recognize their own beauty, right? You know? And he can recognize their beauty without them even realizing it. But I don't think he recognizes their beauty. Lady? Though I didn't get I think, that. Huh? I didn't get that lady. I didn't that, totally get it what either. The but hell was going I think on that in that part? He's not recognizing the beauty. Why did the, she pass out? And what? Because she was like drunk. She was like. Why just, was she drunk? Why was she crying? Was she? Who was she? I don't. She was just Who some was, rich. One. Oh, she owned the house that he lived in, or mm -hmm. or she paid for his house apparently. And, and he was like was, forced was, to go to her wedding. wedding? Yeah, yeah, her. I and don't that know. she passed. And out she didn't want to go. He but didn't even want to make her the dress. When you say that he recognizes beauty in these women that don't recognize it in themselves, I actually don't think that's quite right. I don't think that he even recognizes the beauty in the women. He recognizes the ability for mm. each of those women to bring out his beauty. That's actually, you're right. Like because that he, they can be like tools for him to propel his creation like of he's beauty. He's completely self-centered. Exactly, exactly. Well, and Everything that, is like I think basically that's serving him. That's illustrated perfectly when he's like, you have no breasts. And and he's like, it's up but to I me can, to make them. It's up to me to, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Like uh, everybody around I'll, him is an I object I can give you them if I, if I want you to give you them or whatever. Oh, or whatever yeah, he, he says. He says, yeah. if I choose. Yeah, Which is if, an interesting choose, thing yeah. because he's both he wants serving the fucking power. Them, You're totally right. But it's like he's both servant and master at the same time when he's when in that role, you know, because he's serving these objects that he sees around him because they're getting something out of it. But he's also very much catering to himself and mm -hmm. his vision of, of what he wants. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I guess that's an interesting like kind of dichotomy in the movie where it's like who is the really who really is in power mm -hmm. in any given situation and what is it all about? I don't know. But at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I just I felt like the relationship was I guess it was kind of interesting, but it just didn't quite have that depth of it wanted to be deeper than to me I felt like what it actually was somehow. All right. 
Well, to me, I just felt like there was a lot to dig into. And I feel like this conversation actually went to some pretty interesting places. And and as I was watching it, I just I was thinking a lot about characters and power dynamics and relationships and love. And, you know, for for me, it's like I'd like when a movie makes me think. (laughs) And I felt like the ending was a surprising place to end on that added a new layer to everything. And I think when a film has a really strong ending like that it makes me retroactively like the rest of the movie more because it makes me think about the various scenes that had happened previously in a new way. You know, it's, it's almost like gives you more to digest on later. I guess I just didn't feel like the ending was that strong. I thought it was a strong ending. Like it just ends on, okay, so she's going to keep poisoning him and he's going to keep being down and that's all. It's the realization that the only way they can connect is like through this kind of fucked up act that they're both now okay with. I don't know. I guess I just don't know if I like that. <laughs> well, it's like the only way that he that he can love somebody because he's just like a fucking nightmare. Because so basically, he's just that superficial that he only can love somebody under the pretense of a drug. Yeah, he needs to be drugged in order to let go of his own power, his uh, his own power complex. I guess I that's why I feel like it just seems superficial. But it is, I think it's interesting because I think it it war- his character warrants it. You know, like the fact that a character like him can only be involved with somebody else when it's like he literally has to be forced. I guess that's to, why you say, when you say a character like him, to me that limits the universality of it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't there are represent people, the universal, like there's like, there are curmudgeon old people like know. that who are just like nightmares. <laughs> but to me, that's just not a universal. It's just not something that I totally relate to. You know, like there are movies that can somehow encapsulate universal themes very well and poignantly in new ways, whereas this is like very specific. Oh, I just thought of something in this movie that ties into Steve Jobs, which is the way that this character believes that something is beautiful or it's not. He believes in taste. Oh, I I thought of that too. And so there was like a distinct universal, like, Black, it was he's, like black and, and white. Like, Either it's good taste. or it's bad. Yeah. Which Steve is Steve Jobs believed that. that. I believe it too. Yeah. Basically, Anton is I of believe- the belief that there is something that's truly good or truly bad and it's not subjective. That there, yeah. I definitely think it's subjective. And, and well, it, it's complicated, but I think that there is. I think there is objectivity. Much to like it. this film, which you had a subjective view that was very different from mine on it. You know. I think that there is objectivity to taste. And subjectivity. I thought it was interesting how this movie definitely hit, hit on that idea, though. Yeah, like that. I like that subject. I like that subject. A successful character is clearly of the belief that either something is good or he's, it's he's bad. He's like and one of the most successful, yeah. like people in yeah. fashion of in fashion. Right. And he believes that taste exists. Well, that not well, taste, taste not, doesn't of exist. Of course, taste exists. Taste, taste is universal. There, there's such a thing as universal. Well, he believes that his taste is the correct taste. Not of what his he taste. Believes. No, well, not that his. He, no, no. He it's believes that, that there is either good or bad. He and he, that there is a definitive yeah. idea of what is good and what is bad. What and and the, this is how taste works. Whether or not taste he can is, see it. Taste, someone, when someone's, if you believe in good taste. There's like a universal ideal taste that like the of, is undeniable. That's undeniable, and your goal is to find it, or at least that's what mine would be. Like for me, like making music, 
I I have I have to make music that's good, like because I make because I write music professionally, and so I have to constantly try to strive for strive to make it good. Yeah, and I mean, well, how I view when I'm making a film is to make it as good for me as I could possibly make it, and just trust that. If I truly love it in the end of it, then other people would truly love it in a similar right. way. To but what, when you're, but you're and, and I just hope that my taste aligns with other people's tastes. But well, I don't think yes. there is one true good way to do right. something. You're I of think. the opposite belief. Yeah. Like there are two people in this world. There's those who believe that it's subjective and there are those who believe that taste is objective. And like I I'm not Anton trying is to... of the belief that taste is objective. Or that what is good no, is no, objective. No. That, that there is objectivity to taste. Right. Like that there is a greater power that is like knows what is genuinely good. That there is a, such a thing as genuinely good. Just like purely universally good that yes, anyone I believe who sees that it that can exists. recognize I is believe, good. Yes, I believe that that exists. So then you shouldn't trust your own instincts. You should trust what you think that this divine thing you says is good. You should attune your instincts to uh, uh, be able to receive what is good and, under, you could also and recognize just, uh, to be able to recognize you should attune your instincts by like research and like, I myself, learning, constant learning to be yeah. able to re- receive what you think is good i don't necessarily subscribe to that <laughs> i think that uh it's really hard to say yeah i do think there are things that are undeniably good regardless of your aesthetic preference like when you see something that is well done I think that there are things that people can recognize across the board. This is good. But I don't know. It's ath- aesthetics are a whole other thing. It's very complex. And I have no idea what's what. In it, terms of I don't Steve know Jobs, if there is definitively the, like something that's good or bad. That's one of the funnest things about Steve Jobs in his story is that he 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 called Google at one point and he said like, you know, the, the, the when Google Google's written out, it, every letter is a different color. You know that logo they yes. had. Mm-hmm. He said he the called one of the them. Color was he wrong. called them and said right. that one of the colors is wrong. Uh-huh. Right, and they changed the color for him. Yeah, I think was that's that ridiculous? That's, it, that is an indication of a person who believes there is a such thing as definitively good or definitively mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that design is important, and like if they yes, of course. Don't I you think, think it's believing? Is it I possible that they could? make a color combination that was terrible absolutely but here's the thing i think it's well then you believe in it too (laughs) no i think that you i I think think it's it's still subjective i think that it's about putting weight into the analytical side of creativity and the true just like uh spark that like the true just believing that when you see something yeah inspiration that like there that there can truly just be something magical about when you see something or hear something that I got to just pursue this because it feels right. You know, it's a feeling sometimes. And I think that yes. there is room for both. And I think that both are important. To me, that sounds like, oh, the CMYK values of your yellow does not perfectly no, align is, with the opposite. It's uh, not pink. a mathematical thing. It's a feeling thing. It's a feeling thing. No, he probably saw gray. that and he was like, I know the color wheel by the back of my hand no. and I know that that oh. yellow does not like complement this purple in the exact way that it should according no, no, to no, the no. analytics that say I don't that. Think no it's a feeling thing it. it's a feeling thing it's no a feeling it's not thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it was like 
Because those those Google colors or whatever, aren't they like primary and secondary colors? And he probably was like, that secondary color doesn't align perfectly no, with it's this. A di- no, he's a designer. He's a, he's a visual And so he knows artist. the color wheel like the back of his hand and could see a color. I, I believe that he saw, I'm not even saying that I what mean, he's doing is wrong. He probably has theory to back up whatever it is that he. It's, yeah, color theory. And, yeah, and there is such a thing. There's well, very well, much such a thing, which that, I believe in. I believe in color theory too. Well, okay, so there you but, go. But what I'm saying is you take this you color theory. You believe in color theory. Well, of course. I mean, I took a, I took a color theory class, and so that has I, to and you know I strongly feel I, I I feel very strongly about color selection yeah, in, yeah. in my work. But what I'm saying is, ultimately, though, what it comes down to is my feeling on it, not necessarily like this needs to be this shade of yellow and this needs yes. to be this shade of and blue comes because to- of color theory. What I, what I want just a lot. Be- I know color theory, and I just trust my instincts to. Now that I know color theory to just like... Well, because your instincts have been guided by the theory theory that you learned. I think that theory is based on analysis of success. And not that... And and I don't think that success comes from following theory. I think that theory is an analysis of success. Mm -hmm. I just think that... So go ahead. I was just going to say, I think regardless of what you believe, it is interesting to note... (laughs) <laughs> that the success, the very successful people of our world, that people that have been the leaders some. in design and mm-hmm. creation, that some of them yeah, do some, subscribe yeah. to that policy of of aesthetic. Right. That but I do think belief. what it's you are talking. Belief. I do think what you're talking about more though is designers and people who like align themselves with corporations and stuff because but I don't think that's always the case with like big artists. I think there's some major artists who tr- who do talk a lot about like following a divine sort of you know spark of, of an in, in inspiration. You know? I'm not, but I don't think that the two are opposed. I don't think divine yeah. inspiration is the opposite of believing the idea of universally good. Or universally no, I, bad. I agree with that. I yeah. think that they actually work in harmony with yeah. each other. I do think that the opposite of of analysis as creative product, though, like for example, Netflix, which is like their whole kind of model is what has worked in the past, what will work in the future, or even studio filmmaking, what has worked in the past, what will work in the future, based on this, this, and this, and it. it does work to a degree because it makes a fuck ton of money, but is that truly good? It's no, just I don't, popular. But that's see, that's does not the Netflix same thing. Does Netflix make money? I don't know. But you guys, that's but not studio the films make money. But studio films okay, do. Analysis and theories change with time. But like that's not the same thing as recognizing what may or may not be universally good or bad, and that might cha- might change with the time. I don't think you know what that I mean? like, I think a computer will ever be able to do it. No. And it's, it's I don't just, think a computer will ever be able well, to we, have good taste. And that's why like, we still have filmmakers making these big studio stupid like action movies exactly. that are based on many films of the past, but they make a fuck ton of money because right. they do follow formulas and they do think about the analytical side of the of creativity more so than they think about, oh my god, I'm just so inspired by this giant but robot. Actually, I you thought know what? it was cool in the movie we'll when, see. when Daniel Day Lewis meant like actually pointed that out when he says you that really rang true to me because i think that when when great artists say things like that it's because what makes them great is the ability to tap into that somehow like at any given time you know he's like you should change your taste and she's like i like my taste i know but i actually think there was something to what he said like his character in that moment where it was like 
he is this kind of like acclaimed artist, this respected artist who has established himself, who has a certain attune. <laughs> he has attuned himself to mm-hmm. recognize it. I don't know. I just do think that, you know, people who are so in, involved with their art and their craft, there is a certain attunement that they have that is like maybe more powerful than just somebody else. You know what I mean? And that there may be something to that. Mm-hmm. That they may have a better sense of like so what is. Do you guys think this is like autobiographical movie? Like, oh, I'm direct, sure it's inspired by his own. Is he is he the dressmaker? I'm sure he's thought a lot about this in his filmmaking. Know. You know, like I mean, yeah, he's a know. great filmmaker. How does he treat his wife? Who knows? <laughs> does he I, have a wife? I honestly have no idea. I don't know much about his personal life, but he probably he's probably he basically not someone it, he's met. That's my guess. I'm sure it's shades of himself, too. I mean, it's... I'm sure he think. I think any artist thinks about these sorts of things of, like, what is taste and what is good. Like, that is a constant thought in any artist's mind of, like, I want to make something that is the best it could possibly be. And so, of course, you want to think about, like, what is good for me? What is good for others? Like, do I serve the audience or do I serve myself? These are just, like, questions of any artist. Being a creative person is a constant series of making creative choices. Yeah. And those choices are based on the acknowledgement of the audience and the desire to fulfill yourself. Right. And that balance can really sway. Like, you see big studio films, which are truly just for the audience. They they aren't possibly for the director behind them. And it's they, and it's, they know that, you know, like Michael Bay knows that he's not like an auteur. He's just making shit that people uh, are going to love. You dude, know, did you see The Rock? Are you kidding me? <laughs> dude, whereas the, someone the like Rock kicks ass, <laughs> whereas someone like Paul Thomas Anderson is very much on the opposite end of the spectrum where he clearly is following his muse and is more on the I think maybe, the spectrum. maybe not. Well, but I think he's probably had to make a lot of compromises. Michael Bay made some dope uh, ass shit. Everybody he made The does. Rock. He made Bad Boys. Those are good. I don't think Paul just, Thomas Anderson has to make too many sacrifices at this point. I think that I think all filmmakers himself. have to make compromises because when you're working with that many people, you just have to. To a degree, but I think that there are some auteur filmmakers who clearly get exactly what they want and it comes through in their Maybe films. like the designer. Exactly. Anyways, we <laughs> should know. probably wrap this up. <laughs> but that was an interesting conversation. And I yeah. think that speaks to the... Uh, to the uh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a seven. Oh, I bumped it up. Look at that. <laughs> I I give it an eight. I love this movie. I think I highly recommend it. I didn't love if, it, but I liked it. Uh, very little negative things to say about it. I guess you know. I think people should see this movie. It's I think it's a great film. I think it's one of his best films, and he's and he's already like a great director. Anyways, anything else? Anybody wants to add? I'm fine. I'm glad I finally got to see it. Mm-hmm, me I've too. Been wanting to see it for a while, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't put it ahead of Call Me By Your Name. Sorry. Well, this has been totally tell me. Would you? Where would you put it? I I don't know, but did, what did you, you like better? Did this or Call Me By Your Name? I liked Call Me By Your Name more, but that's yeah. not to the detriment of this. this Where does this This go? would have made my top 10 for sure. This would have made my top 10 for sure. Well, then great. Probably mine liked, too, because I only saw eight movies. Well, I definitely like this more than Get Out. Let's put it that way. This would definitely be Get Out. It might be around there for me. This would nah, definitely I, be. I like Get Out more. Oh, not me. No, no. I and I. This would probably go ahead. This of, would not make my list. It would definitely be ahead of Coco. It would definitely be. Ahead oh, Coco of, beats this by a mile in my book. What? No, no, no. no. I loved Coco. <laughs> what else was in my top ten? I don't know. Let's not go through this. Though. All right. 
Uh, this, has been, <laughs> this has been Totally Tell Me. We post new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you dig it, share with a friend, subscribe, leave us a rating on iTunes. Our intro and outro music is by Laura and Anton. Thanks for Anton for being on this episode. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode of Totally Tell Me. Totally Tell Me.